0: IVM. You are listening to The Signal Daily. Brought to you by Front Page Studios. Aren't we all a little scared of turbulence? I mean, it can really shake you up during a flight and make you grip your armrest a little tighter. Well, Hold on to your seats, because I've got some news for you. Flights are actually getting more turbulent, and climate change is to blame. Now, you might be wondering how or not climate change can mess with the air up there. Well, it turns out, there's a specific type of turbulence that's becoming more common, and it's called clear air turbulence, or CAT. Unlike the turbulence you get from stormy clouds, CAT forms in cloudless skies and is pretty much invisible to a plane's radar. It is caused by crisscrossing winds of different speeds at varying heights and is projected to become an even bigger problem as the world warms up. According to a recent study, clear air turbulence has already become more frequent. On a typical flight route over the North Atlantic, there was a 55% increase in clear air turbulence between 1979 and 2020. Plus, Clear air turbulence already costs airlines hundreds of millions of dollars each year. It costs 150 to $500 million annually in the US alone. These costs come from injuries, flight delays, damage to planes, and the wear and tear caused by the turbulence. And guess what? Every extra minute of flight spends in turbulence increases those risks even more. So, what can airlines do to manage this? According to Paul Williams, an atmospheric scientist at the University of Reading, it's time airlines invest in improved turbulence forecasting and detection systems. We need to find better ways to predict and detect clear air turbulence so that it does not translate into bumpier flights. Because, let's face it, nobody wants a rough ride and the aviation industry certainly doesn't want the extra costs. So, the next time you're up in the air and experience some unexpected bumps, Remember that climate change is stirring up the skies. It's not just your imagination. Flights really are getting more turbulent. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I'm Farheem Khan and before we move on to the main segment, our very own Rajneel Kamath, co-founder of The Signal, and Roshni Nair, the executive editor, have some exciting news for you. Hey there, I'm Roshni. And I'm Rajneel. We are just going to take 30 seconds of your time to tell you about our brand new podcast, Tectonic Shift. Think all things tech. That's what this weekly podcast is going to be about. And it's not just about tech, but the way tech is going to change our foreseeable future. I, for one, am really excited, Rajneel. How about you? Super excited. And I hope that all our listeners are too. Tectonic Shift launches this Saturday. Stay tuned to The Signal and follow us on social media for more details. And here's the deep dive for 15th June 2023. The Goldman Sachs picture perfect family portrait is cracking. What's happening is that Goldman Sachs is going through a rough patch with discontent brewing among partners and shareholders losing faith. The reasons behind these troubles can be attributed to a few key factors that have thrown the firm off balance. Well, firstly, Goldman Sachs is now parting ways with GreenSky, a lending business it acquired in 2021. However, this choice comes at a hefty price, as the bank is set to endure considerable losses while undoing the deal. John Waldron, a senior executive at Goldman Sachs, has revealed that this sale is projected to result in a significant drop in value amounting to around $500 million. You see, at the time of acquiring GreenSky, Goldman Sachs had exciting prospects for the deal, envisioning significant growth by merging Green Sky's products with its digital bank, Marcus. Sadly though, things didn't unfold as expected. But wait, let's take a step back and delve into Marcus a bit. Introduced in 2016, Marcus was Goldman Sachs' bold attempt to shift from being a Wall Street player to a significant force on Main Street, directly competing with major players like JP Morgan Chase. That means not being just a markets and deals obsessed bank, but wading into consumer banking. Surprisingly, within just three years, Marcus managed to attract $50 billion in deposits, establish a successful lending business, and even secure the privilege of issuing credit cards to Apple's massive base of iPhone users, outshining fierce competition from other banks. However, as Marcus transitioned from a side project to a major focus, catching the attention of investors seeking growth, the business eventually encountered challenges under the leadership of its new CEO, David Solomon. According to reports from CNBC and several others, it was Solomon's series of decisions that ultimately caused the firm's consumer ambitions to crumble. And this brings me to Solomon and his leadership style, which has become a bone of contention among the partners. Solomon's personal choices and activities have caused quite a stir within the firm. According to the Wall Street Journal, former CEO Lloyd Blankfein has expressed concerns about Solomon's frequent absences from his core responsibilities, as he often indulges in jet-setting on Goldman's private planes to enjoy leisurely trips in the Bahamas. Not only that, but Solomon's side gig as a DJ at nightclubs and festivals has also raised eyebrows and created dissatisfaction. It's not just Blankfein who has voiced grievances. Other partners hold Solomon accountable for overseeing a costly expansion into consumer lending. According to the journal, it looks like Solomon has been locking horns with the partner who runs the bank's traders when it comes to bonuses. And that's not all. Solomon restructured the bank's private investing businesses, leaving a long-time partner to contemplate quitting. Even John Rogers, a long-standing Goldman partner and the secretary to the bank's board, isn't too happy with Solomon's DJing. He believes it's inappropriate for the CEO of such a powerful Wall Street firm. Since Solomon took charge, Goldman Sachs' shares have fared better than other banks. However, investors haven't valued Solomon's leadership as highly. Even rival firm Morgan Stanley, which once trailed Goldman, has caught up and outperformed it in recent years, with a price-to-tangible book-value ratio that is roughly two times higher. Moreover, after he stepped in as the head in 2018, the bank witnessed a decline in the partner count going from roughly 500 to about 400. So, at the moment, as the journal points out, Solomon is in need of the partner's backing as he navigates Goldman Sachs through its largest restructuring since the 2008 financial crisis. How will he win back the partner's trust? That's something to watch out for. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IBM, the episode was written, researched and produced by Charmika and Manasvini, edited by Dinesh Narayanan, mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvana. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are TheSignal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.